A reading from the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. In the name of God, the Creator, the Christ, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Jesus was a great giver. As he walked from village to village throughout his adult ministry, he consistently made himself available to all kinds of people who came to him with requests for help and assistance. He frequently noticed people who had gone unnoticed, whose lives had been neglected, or who had been pushed to the outer margins of village life. And he brought those people into the center concern of his love. He was responsive to the needs that were brought to him, and he consistently offered himself and his energies in order to bring joy and healing and fresh faith to other people. As I've been thinking about Jesus as a great giver, I've been wondering what was it about him that made him able to do that? Which has then led me to this question. What if he was a great giver because he was, first of all, a great receiver? At two key moments in the life of Jesus, at his birth and at his baptism, wonderful things happened to him simply because he was on the receiving end of things. As an infant, he and his family were visited by mysterious visitors from the east to celebrate his birth. We call them the Magi or the Three Kings. And they brought some kind of unusual, I'm not sure really helpful gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Nevertheless, Jesus was only in a position to receive those gifts at that point in his life. And who knows what enduring value that moment had for him and his family. Maybe they continued to talk about that and reflect about that and remember it as the years went by. And then, as an adult, Jesus didn't begin his public ministry by announcing his mission or by performing a miracle or by healing someone. Instead, he went out into the wilderness and he was baptized in the River Jordan. And in that moment, something opened up in him because he was ready to receive it. This spirit and energy of life from God that animated everything that he did in life. Those two stories, what happened to Jesus when he was an infant and what happened to him when he was baptized, Describe him as someone who is destined to be of significance for the entire globe. They serve as reminders that great things happen because of him, and they serve as reminders that great things sometimes happened to him. And in those moments when he was a great receiver, energy and new life and meaning came into his body in ways that could then be expressed through his ministry. I'd go so far as to say that Jesus would never have become a healer, a teacher, a visionary, had he not received care as an infant, 
Had he not received care and support as an adolescent? Had he not received wisdom and instruction from his elders? And so far as we can tell, he was a great receiver throughout his adult years. He received help through the companionship of his disciples. It wasn't always really great help, but still they were there with him as he walked from village to village. He received love from close friends. So sometimes as we read through the stories about him, we come upon names of people like Mary and Martha and Lazarus. These are people who provided a sense, I think, of respite and refuge for Jesus where he could receive care from them. He received inspiration from the natural world and that inspiration flowed through his many stories and parables. And he received resilience and wisdom from the love of God that constantly energized him for the work that he had to do. His ministry began in that moment when he was baptized in the River Jordan and received the energy of God's spirit in a way that shaped his whole life for the better. I'd say that Jesus was a great receiver and that's what made him a great giver. And looking back, at the moments in life when we've been on the receiving end of things in a good way can be a reminder of how much goodness comes into our lives when we're open to receiving it and how much richer our lives are when we are vulnerable enough, supple enough in order to receive the wisdom from others, help from others, support when we need it. When I was a senior in high school, my parents attended a ceremony where I was receiving an award with some of my other fellow classmates. And this was a pretty remarkable thing for my father to be at this event because he was incredibly ill at the time. In fact, he died just several months after I received this award. He was suffering with cancer and he had been ill for a very, very long time. So he was weak and not able to get outside much yet. He wanted to attend that ceremony. And later that day, I saw him go to the dining room table and take out a piece of paper and write a note and put it in an envelope. Now, my father and I did not speak a lot heart to heart when I was an adolescent. And uh, yet in this moment, my father wanted to reach out to me. And it was a note, as I read it later, um, full of support for me and encouragement and congratulating me on the things that I had accomplished in my life. And I can still remember what it felt like to receive those words from him. Those few words written on a simple piece of paper were just charged with energy. And I can still go back and, and touch the envelope in that note, which I've kept all these years, and feel that I can still receive the goodness coming from my father's intentions into my life. Where there's life, there's rhythm. Every heartbeat tells that. Every time we breathe in, breathe out, we're reminded of that rhythm. And giving and receiving, this is also one of life's rhythms that's so essential to the fullness of life. When we're feeling low on energy or disillusioned or out of alignment, I think this is, these are signs that we're out of rhythm and often because there's too much giving, not enough receiving.
too much expenditure of energy and not enough receiving of energy so that we can do the work that God wants and needs us to do. At this time, when it can seem that challenges without any easy or speedy solution come up to face us in all directions, it's important to consider how we can be great receivers, how we can draw into our lives the goodness of God so that we sense satisfaction in our lives, a sense of fullness, a sense of being grounded from which we can then reach out to the world with love. In his little book, The True Wilderness, author H.A. Williams says this about the importance of learning to be a good receiver. The ability to receive comes slowly and mysteriously, he writes, and is itself something given. But if we find life disappointing or dull or difficult or frightening, if somewhere we feel that life is not being all it could be, we can ask ourselves, am I organized to accumulate or to receive? It is the most important question we shall ever have to answer. Now, I love H.A. Williams' comment, but I would just adjust it slightly. My comment would be, are we organized only to give or are we organized both to give and to receive in ways that make our giving possible? Spiritual vitality comes from cultivating attitudes and practices that give us room to receive the good things of life. So often, as is the case now, we feel that we're facing challenging, if not insurmountable challenges which makes it even more important to have that sense of good grounding. In his lifetime, Jesus consistently invited others to be open to new experiences of faith, to be open to God in ways that were perhaps different from their accustomed practices. From time to time, he would say, you have heard it said that. But then he would go on to finish the sentence by saying, but I say to you that, in other words, I'm giving you a new teaching a new sense of, of direction. Please be open to that and receive that. And it's very hard to receive that newness if we are so determined to keep things the way that they have always been. We can start this openness, this new kind of vulnerability, by receiving each day as a gift. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Now that's a statement from the, the book of Psalms in the Hebrew Bible. What a statement of faith. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It's a way of receiving gladness into our lives at the very beginning of the day. Now I know that my entire day can often be affected by the, my attitude in the first few minutes after I have awakened. Sometimes my first thought in the beginning part of the day is, now what do I have to do today? What if I could shift that question to say, what do I need to receive today in order to do the work that I need to do in order to be the kind of person that God is calling me to be? What do I need to receive? In her book, 
receiving the day, Dorothy Bass says, offering attention to the day requires freedom from bondage to yesterday and from fear for tomorrow. Martin Marty, a prolific author and generous Christian, reports that a simple gesture each day prepares him to remember that he has been given such freedom. I start my own day, he says, by making the sign of the cross on my body as a remembrance of my baptism. Interestingly enough, a few years ago, I started to do that too. And I think as I, I reflect about the meaning of that moment in my life at the beginning of the day, it connects me with the same spirit of receptivity that Jesus had as at his baptism. He was open to the spirit of God entering his life in a new way and then moved out into the world in order to express it. We can receive each day as a gift and along with it, the creative spirit of God that it can accompany with us each and every single moment of the day. Receive my spirit. These were the words of Jesus to his disciples, especially at a moment when they were deeply shaken in life. And when Jesus said to his followers, let your light shine, well, he could allow that light to shine in his own life because of course he had first been illuminated by the love and the compassion and the spirit of God. And then his lifetime mission was all about sharing that light and expression with others. Receive the day, receive the creative spirit of God and receive the love of God that each and every moment of our lives calls us beloved. And then we can love the world like God loves the world. Amen.